Gear up as Cash Miller and the team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. My name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. And today we're going to be talking e-commerce marketing and the different kinds of platforms you can be using because the you know, social is huge, of course, for e-commerce. But there are so many things, you know, like there are some overlooked channels, for one, that you could be using if you're in the e-commerce space looking, you know, really to grow your sales, grow your audience and such, you know. It's amazing what you can do nowadays, you know, with it. Um, today, I've got with me Sandra Step Stepan, um, and she is with Snap Advantage. Sandra, it's great to have you on. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, because you, you know you've got a uh, very focused, like e-commerce focus for your agency, right? That's correct. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. So I am the co-founder and creative director of a boutique marketing agency called Snap Advantage that was started in 2016. I am an e-com expert and I actually started marketing in e-commerce where I built several e-com stores along with my husband and business partner, some of them that uh, passed seven figures, some of them that were very valuable lessons along the way. And uh, through our agency, we work with um, e-commerce businesses that are looking to scale and they need to scale by diversifying traffic sources. So we help them build digital assets like Pinterest, other social media, content marketing, email marketing, text marketing, and influencer marketing. Um, and, you know, before the show, we were talking about, you know, locations and stuff and where, you know, where, you know, we're at and everything, but you are in a really interesting place. So where are you located right now? Yes, I am. I'm currently located in Belgrade, Serbia. It is one of my soul cities, very vibrant and digital nomad friendly. I was telling Cash uh, just a few minutes ago that over the last two years, I think we clocked in about 50 Airbnbs. So I currently live out of a suitcase and it's been quite the adventure by choice, of course, but it's been quite the adventure. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a, an ocean and a bit away from you. <laughs> yeah, it, this is a lifestyle choice. It's not because she's on the run from Interpol or something like that, okay? <laughs> yeah, I say, no, it, it, is, it is the advantage of doing, you know, the kind of business now when you're in the agency world and, and a number of other types of businesses that you can work from, you know, pretty much anywhere if you, you know, if the internet is what you need. Exactly. Yeah. So we're talking assets and, you know, I think it's really valuable because you've run platforms. So a lot of agencies, you know, when they help others, they often don't have the experience of building up their own, you know, e-commerce brands. And you have that because you've done it, you know, for yourself. That is really valuable experience because, you know, you've put sort of your money where your mouth is, you know, you, you say, Hey, these things will work, but you've actually put money into it for yourself to make those things work. So let's start with a little bit of that experience, um, you know, for what you've kind of built up and how you saw success. Yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly why I wanted to start this agency. It's because we, uh, my, you know, my 
husband, business partner, and myself, we have experience in e-commerce. So um, there are a lot of marketing agencies, a lot of talented marketers and marketing agencies that are doing wonderful things. Um, where we saw a really good fit was with the agencies that needed someone that is very niched into how to build an e-commerce store. Uh, because when you when you build your own e-commerce store, uh, first of all, when you you said, I put my money where my mouth is. Yes, I put my money in a lot of places and it hurts when it's your own money. When you play with other people's <laughs> money, you're a little bit more detached, which it's also great mm -hmm. because you can make a lot of um, good, um, uh, very detached decisions. But when you're playing with your own money, it really hurts. So you're forced to think a little bit differently. Um, with that, because we have started our own, we have created our own brands and we've run our own stores, we have actually um, learned the e-commerce space a lot more than marketing. So marketing is what we deliver, but we've learned how to deal with suppliers. We've learned what it means mm. to have um, supply chain issues, you know, in 2020 when we had uh, tons of boxes at sea. We've learned what it means to send cease and desist letters because we had a lot of copycats that are trying to copy our brands. We know what it means to deal with scammers that are giving away our phone numbers for customer support or what it means to take down some... Mm. Uh, fake BBB, um, some fake BBB reviews. So when it comes to um, delivering our services, we we specifically looked at e-commerce stores because we know e-commerce and not just marketing. Yeah, that that's really interesting because you bring a, a much different perspective than um, a lot of agencies that deal in e-commerce. They say because of the fact that you know some of the issues beyond marketing, that right. can come up and you're able to offer at least some, you know, form of advice, you know, on how an, how a company might have to deal with some of these things. Cause if you think of, you know, you mentioned BBB and stuff, that's kind of like the PR type stuff yeah. that you might have to deal with because negative reviews and things. Yeah. And you've got a perspective of if this happened, especially if it was, you know, false, um, how to go about dealing with it, you mm -hmm. know, because brands can be a little bit heavy handed sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. or they can be indifferent and ignore it. Yeah. So you got yeah. some perspective there. I do. I do. Actually, uh, regarding that PR, um, we often, you know, as brands, we always like to think about the ROI of ads or ROI of marketing. Mm -hmm. We like to see we're putting the money here and the money comes out. But there are so many other pieces that come into your ecosystem of a, of a successful thriving business with this uh, PR or reputation management, how we call it sometimes. Um, I was doing some research and it, it looks like when you go up one star on Google, you can make as much as 25% extra revenue the next wow. quarter. So, you know, we've had brands that we work with that were at $15 million a year when we started working with them and they had multiple um, negative reviews on Google. So their stars were like 3.1, 3.2. Yelp was at like 2.7 stars and not because they um, had bad practices, but because at that level of, uh, of volume, because they were not proactively taking care of these mm -hmm. uh, negative reviews and proactively doing that customer service, the inundation of negative reviews affected them. So when we fixed those reviews and we didn't fix them by, you know, like bots or anything like that, we just simply reached out to their customers, their VIP customers, and asked them to leave candid reviews on their experience. And we um, 
we got our stars up from like 3.1 and 3.2 to like 4.3, 4.4. Um, they actually, after two years working together, their revenue was $21 million. So we're looking at a $6 million difference. I'm not saying it was just because of that PR and reputation right. management PR, but think about it this way. When you're running ads, whether it's Google or Facebook, your customers will look you up. They will want to see what you have um, that your competitors don't have. Why are you better than your competitors, right? So when they looking you up and on that first page of Google, you're not controlling the narrative. You don't have those good Yelp reviews, good Google stars, then you're losing them, right? So you're le literally leaving cash on the table. So that's just one area of, uh, of e-commerce that it's so often overlooked because mm -hmm. thankfully most brands don't have a problem with their um, reputation management and PR, but it's one of those areas that can impact you so much and um, severely overlooked and underutilized. Yeah, I mean, we often think about reputation from the standpoint of like local businesses, but less so, you know, unless you're thinking of like Amazon and you're, you know, looking at individual products. But the thing is, is Amazon's not taking the hit for that. The product or whoever it, yeah. you know, is the distributor or manufacturer or whatever is taking the hit individually, but that doesn't affect the brand necessarily as a whole. You're just looking at that product. So I think it's a really interesting point because, you know, you can be really negatively impacted and they're just going to Google. And of course there's a lot of specialty review sites. You know, you mentioned Yelp and I think in the tech space of things like G2, you know, yeah. um, you know, yeah, there's, there's a, yeah. Um, yeah, a ton of places that people yeah. are going to look you up, you know, and those little reviews and, uh, and often it's those kind of like, afterthought sites they're actually really popular you just don't necessarily think of them on the forefront uh those are the ones where you could take the hit not realize yeah. you're taking the hit and because you don't and so you don't do anything about it but i can see you know where it would have a significant impact on revenue uh, yeah. on the, on your actual sales because people will look you up online and yeah. and people in their general nature yeah, if you make somebody mad, guaranteed they'll leave a review. Make somebody happy, even ecstatic, there's no guarantee they'll even leave a you know, exactly. they'll leave you one. So you exactly. so you always want to be you want to solicit people, you know, to give you those reviews and you should have it as an active part of the things you're doing. Exactly. And be very proactive about it. Yeah. Let's talk um you know, content and the different platforms, because if, if we're thinking e-commerce, we're often thinking products and, mm -hmm. you know, you think of, you know, stuff, let's say Amazon, you go on there and you list a product and, you know, you've got all the details about the product or the same thing with most other sites like Pinterest and things, but you can be creating content that helps drive product mm -hmm. interest. You know, so what kind of content should, you know, e-commerce companies really be focusing on? Yeah. So um, as a brand, you you should think about that very seriously. So um, just to uh, sidestep a little bit, I've worked in social media quite a lot. And one of the conversations that I've had over and over and over again with brands was, well, we don't see ROI from social media. Well, why would we create content? Why would we spend the money on mm -hmm. and the time and resources to create content? And just to kind of reinforce the point you were, you were just making, um, not only driving branding, brand engagement, but also your conversions get better, right? So when you do create that content and you distribute it on different channels, you are increasing your conversions because if you're spending money on ads 
and people are looking you up, you're going to have to give them all the information they need in order to make a, a purchasing decision. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to creating content, you as a brand need to go a little bit further than just how is this piece of content going to transform into ROI for me. You also have to ask yourself what not having this kind of content, how will this affect me as a brand and what are the, um, what will be the, um, uh, the implications of not having it, mm-hmm. right? Like what, what's going to be lacking in my marketing repertoire. Um, so as a brand, you want to create content that um, is aligned with your overall marketing strategy, with your overall ads, supports the ads. Um, and it can be in different formats and different platforms. You always have to start with a customer in mind. So you need to have a very clear picture of who your customer yeah. is, what their needs are, what their problems are that you as a brand are in the most unique position to solve. So when you know that, then you create content for your customers. So um, there are different channels that you can use to create and distribute content. So um, you talked a little bit about Pinterest. I think that's also severely underutilized. Pinterest is one of the best channels for organic content. Uh, Pinterest, by the way, is a search engine first and a social media platform after. So um, when you create content for Pinterest, you want to create content that ranks and follows the same type of um, rules that Mm -hmm. you would have on a blog, for instance, the same with YouTube. Um, So then you have Pinterest, you have YouTube, you have, of course, social media platforms like um, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter or X, whatever, whatever you want to call it nowadays. And uh, TikTok and LinkedIn and, um, of course, email marketing and text marketing. So those are the channels you can use for content. And then the content that you you create um, essentially needs to support your overall targets and goals and be aligned with what your customers um, need and want to see from you. Well, from a consumer like product standpoint, which channels typically from a social aspect, which channels do you see as being the most effective ones? And then why are they the most effective? You know, what is it about that channel that makes it so that e-commerce product related, you know, sales are better? Yeah, so actually that depends on your goal as a as a company. It's not as black and white as we want to think. So, um, for for example, if you are a brand that is looking to um, improve SEO and drive traffic organically, then I would personally go with um, with Pinterest, YouTube, and and blog. That would be that would be yeah. what I'm going with. If you're looking to drive brand awareness and um, do a lot of content creation and engagement that I'll go for Instagram and TikTok. And if you're looking to drive sales, then I would create content for the platform where you're doing your paid media. So for instance, if you're as a brand are doing your paid media on Facebook and Instagram, then I would focus on creating content for those platforms. Why? Because when you spend money on an ad for, um, for your Facebook page or Instagram account, you're not going to make the sale from the first from the first um, time your your potential customer sees it, right? So if you if your uh, potential customer is seeing your product on Facebook, for instance, you want to make sure that on your Facebook page, you have all of the information that you need to convert that 
that uh, lead to a customer. So that means your reviews, that means your page information, that means your posts, and same with Instagram. Um, Twitter is also good for brand awareness and customer um, service and creating that brand identity. So if you look at brands that, um, big brands, for instance, they don't need to drive direct sales with social media. Like you're thinking about, I'm thinking about Ryanair. They're doing, they're hilarious on, on uh, TikTok. Hilarious. Mm. They're not looking to drive direct sales. Like no one's going to buy tickets on TikTok. But what yeah. they're doing is they're creating a personality on TikTok and they're creating mm. this character of Ryanair. And they're they're savage. They're they're hilarious. <laughs> they're savage. They make fun of themselves. They make fun of uh they make fun of competitors. If you remember Wendy's yeah. a while ago, they kind of started that on on Twitter, right? It's the same thing with mm -hmm. Wendy's. They're not looking to drive sales directly from yeah. from a social media platform but they created their brand story on on twitter so it's a little bit more nuanced but at the essence of it i would say where your customers are that's where you want to spend your your the bulk of your attention right so as a b2b agency i'm on linkedin i am on linkedin and that is my platform yeah. I'm on Instagram, Facebook a little bit too, because I already have content created, but I'm on LinkedIn. Now I have brands that are very niche, right? So I work with brands that sell very unique kind of like Christmas, uh, crystals, Christmas ornaments. Mm -hmm. They are in mm -hmm. Facebook groups because that's where people are talking about crystals and Christmas <laughs> ornaments and candles mm -hmm. and, and household items. So um, when you can pinpoint where your audience is, I will go there. And yeah. use that platform how it is intended to. Hmm. Yeah. So before you get started on any particular platform, you really want to do some research. You want to dive into, mm -hmm. you know, where do, you know, where does your audience live? So let's talk about that for a minute, though. What do you recommend, or how do you typically go about figuring out? So you've got a brand new brand. You know, maybe the brand is established, but for you, they're a new client they haven't really pursued these things. You know, maybe they've been using Google ads to drive sales or something, but they want to get into the, the social aspect of things. Where, what's your start point? How do you figure out which, you know, platforms are going to work best for them? Yeah, that's actually a very good question. Um, and it comes down to testing and a lot of research. So um, if you're, uh, if you're a brand, brand new brand, and you have no idea where your customer lives, I would say that um, you want to start with Facebook and Instagram. Those are two very safe platforms to start with, um, mostly because you can run ads on them. Yeah. <laughs> You're laughing. You're laughing. That's funny because, yeah, I, I haven't thought about say, uh, Instagram and Facebook being safe platforms. That's an interesting way to, <laughs> interesting yeah. way to term them. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. But yeah, because they're, well, I don't know if it's Facebook, it's, it, it's now it's, well, it's old and stodgy, so you, you can't go wrong, you know, too much yeah, with it because it's been around forever. <laughs> yeah. So you you know what? You're absolutely right. And look, I've been personally victimized by Facebook more times than I care to admit on many, many fronts. Yeah. But <laughs> however, um, so here's the thing with Facebook. Um, Facebook is actually uh TikTok is is quickly, quickly, quickly <laughs> moving there. But uh for a very long period of time, Facebook was the second um search engine 
mm-hmm. in the first social search engine, right? Yeah. So when someone was looking up your brand, they would go on Google and then they would go on Facebook. Yep. So if as a new brand, you're not on Facebook, you're not on Instagram, it is a little bit suspicious. Like why are you not on these four platforms? Okay. Uh, I'm not saying those are the platforms that are give you the highest return. I'm saying those are the safe platforms to start they're, with. Yeah, because they they're, they're established. Well, they're 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 so they're so well established that it's just kind of second nature to look for them there before you go to any other platform. So exactly. you need to establish yourself there for that reason. That's exactly it. Okay. That's exactly it. that's number one. And the number two, I would say, it's easier to get data from these platforms. So Facebook mm-hmm. has so many data points on on all of us, right? We're all the product. Some of us are also the the, the sellers, but <laughs> yeah. we, are, we are the product. So Facebook <laughs> has a lot of information and Facebook owning Instagram, then you get access to a lot of information. Mm-hmm. So when you have data, then you can make data-driven decisions and then you can take uh, things further. So I will start with Facebook and Instagram. Now, the next step would be, um, you, you don't know where customers are. Look at your competitors, right? So um, look at where your competitors are. Are they on 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 um, TikTok? Are they on Twitter? Are they on LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. Are they on on Pinterest? Um, where your competitors are, especially the established ones, there's a chance that they're the audiences are there. Um, look at the influencers. Where are the influencers for your uh, for your niche? And also look at your company's um, I identity and story and personality because if you're not the kind of brand that wants to be on video which by the way you should be it's 2023 you, you yeah. should be on video as a brand uh but if you don't want to be a, a, on video if you don't have the capacity to create content maybe tiktok is not a is not the brand for you because yeah. or the channel for you because tiktok requires trends it requires you being on the ball with trends with music with uh with uh with stickers, right yeah yeah, you've um, definitely seen that kind of stuff with it. And I know YouTube's doing a bit of a parody of it. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then with uh, with YouTube as well, right? So if you're if your audience, it's um, YouTube, I think it's great for the brands that are more technical. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, our hearing device store, um, I have a company that I'm working with. They do both parts and they're customers are the ones that will sit through a 30 minute video looking at how to wire your boat and wow. <laughs> yeah yeah so it right it, it really depends again back to your customers but i would say if you're a brand new brand uh start with facebook and instagram gather your data look at where your competitors are look at what the influencers are and look at your capacity as a brand to create content and be present on these different um social channels Hmm. Yeah. And you want to make sure like when you're doing that research, obviously look at competitors, see where that they, you know, they've established presences, you know, mm-hmm. to see, you know, if they, you know, cause you can tell if you can find on, find them on each platform, which you should be able to, you know, if assuming that they're there, you'll also have an idea of how much content, you know, they're creating, mm-hmm. how big the followings, cause based on, you know, those kinds of numbers, how often they're posting, you'll kind of be able to yeah. determine which ones are their priority channels and then yeah. which ones are not. Exactly. You know, so now let's talk cause e-commerce, you know, email is huge for it and you can combine it with social. So what are the, some of the strategies you're using from a list building standpoint, you know, cause Email is the gift that can keep on giving if you can have a good list. It is. It is. I've had the um, honor of working as a MailChimp consultant for the past um, several months in one of their um, 
uh, for one of their projects. I work with uh, I've worked with a lot of a lot of um, email marketing projects and hmm. uh, just the power of, of email marketing that I've seen over the last few years and, and this year working with with Mailchimp has been it's been huge. So email marketing, um, if you're not leveraging email marketing, get on it right now. Email marketing is one of the highest ROI marketing activities you can do. So on the lower end, yeah. it gives you like 30 to 35% back what you put into it. On the higher end, it can be as much as 45 to 50%. Um, so why email marketing is powerful? First of all, you it, sales, right? So direct sales, whether you're sending an email campaign or you're setting up your cart recovery flow so you can capture last or potentially last mm -hmm. sales. Um, email marketing is a channel where you can build a community of fans. So where everybody's fighting for that um, expensive real estate called the feed, the news feed, right? Yeah. You're fighting, you're bidding against others. Email marketing allows you to create your own channel where you broadcast your own message and you control the narrative. Um, which is powerful. You can do your customer support there. You can do you reinforce your brand uh, voice and 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 uh, authority. Mm -hmm. So email marketing good. Not doing email marketing bad. Um, <laughs> in terms of, uh, I just I had to I had to say yeah. that email marketing needs to be done. You know, um, but in terms of list building, there's a lot of ways you can do it. So if you don't have this um, set up already, set up your pop ups on your website. So. Um, a-B test, play around with a pop-up that looks like a uh, um, uh, a pop-up that turns on when someone visits your email. So that can be, you can have those wheels and contests if you want, uh, give something away, just have a, a simple pop-up box. Hey, Sandra, nice, I gotta say Sandra, that's, that's a little bit too early for that, but it's going to come probably in the next few years. But <laughs> hey, you know, friend, welcome to our website. Enter your email for 10% off or whatever coupon yeah. um, or an exit intent pop-up. So that is when someone is about to exit your website um, and they're hovering over the X, you can have a pop-up that says, hey, wait before you leave, enter your email so you can get like a 10% off. So have your pop-ups, have your email capture on your website. Um, if you have a blog, make sure that you have your email capture on your and every blog article that you, um, that you write. Yeah. Um, you can do contests. So there are... Um, apps that you can use, like uh, one that I use often is called UpViral, where you can set up contests with uh, way to draws and people earn points based on activities they do. And one of their activities can be an email sign up. So the more points hmm. you get, the more chances you have to win. Um, you can do Legion ads. So there's a type of an ad in Facebook or in Meta called lead gen ads where essentially you have like a form and people are filling out a form to give your email um quizzes so we've done a lot of quiz um quiz ads so we have um we have a brand that we're working with that sells um custom hats and some of their customers are snoop dogg and jimmy fox so we had a quiz once and we ran a quiz ad and we said um we literally the quiz was just like two photos of Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg, and we said who were it best, and you had to vote. <laughs> and in order to see what everybody else voted, you had to enter your email to hmm. give you quizzes like that. And then we have another brand we're working with. We're doing their skincare, and we're doing quizzes on what kind of skincare product uh, you know suits you. Um, and partnerships. So find companies or brands that complement your product. Mm. They don't compete on your product but they have the same target audience as you. So that would be a company that sells skincare, partnering up with a company that sells hair care. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that that would be an often like underutilized way of going about it. Hugely underutilized. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I would think, you know, some of those kinds of partnerships, you know, they'll take some work to get, you know, but if you, and then some work to execute as well. Um, Have you seen much success, you know, like I would assume sometimes you've played, you know, maybe go between with, you know, the brands, you know, it's like your client wanting to partner with somebody else. Cause then somebody's still got to execute the campaigns. Have you seen success yeah. in that area? Yes, I have. So that's actually something that I've been pushing pretty much everybody that I do email marketing for to do. Um, I, I'm usually the, the one executing because I'm hired to develop, to deliver email marketing, but yes, it takes a lot of work in the sense hmm. that you got to find the right partner because it has to sound natural and it has to be an authentic partnership and both parties need to be in agreement on what will be executed. So usually there's one of the companies that takes the lead. However, it has to be set up in a way that both companies benefit from it. So whether that is, I take a cut of your sale, you take a cut of my sales. Maybe mm-hmm. if I'm the one doing most of the work, I want a company that has more emails on their list or I get two promotions on your email and get one on my email for instance or something like that but um yes i've seen good success with this so um uh partnerships that i've I've seen success with uh have been actually uh for our hearing device store we work with the company it was a blog for um for veterans because Mm. not everybody gets the um how do you call them the the benefits to uh, for hearing aid money right but a lot of people that have worked with with guns have hearing loss uh if they don't have proper protection so that is a market that we work with quite a lot um so that that would be one another one would be uh we had um bedding like luxury bedding and luxury other home decor candles so people that are into um, making their home, elevating their home, they want the bedding and they want the candles and they want the diffusers. So mm. we had multiple companies that worked together and were on each other's email lists. So I think that's a great way to grow your email marketing list with relevant with a relevant audience. Yeah, I was also thinking that you could use such ads, you know, because you can run retargeting ads using yeah. the email list. So you could swap lists essentially knowing that they have a similar interest and then activate yeah. ads to target those particular people, you know, programmatic ads you know, to be able to hit them as well. Yes. But you have to be careful with that because you cannot use someone else's list to do that. Yeah. It has to be your list that you have acquired with consent so the one way I would execute that would be a partnership ad where let's say we're partnering up our candles and bedding and you're the candle company, I'm the bedding company, and you are um, running an ad saying that we're partnered up and we yeah. want to we have a bundle, we have a giveaway, and then my product ends up on your um, target audience and vice versa. That's how I would do it. Yeah, and you could cr- cross over the email list from the standpoint of asking people if they wanted to opt in to the other one. So you could make exactly. an offer. Exactly. Yeah, you could exactly. say, hey, we have this, you know, this uh, partner and they're offering a discount. We wanted to make you aware of it, you know, something, yeah. you know, and then that could be used exactly. to help build each other's lists. So that yes. way you get those people to cross over. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. So e-commerce brands have a, a 
you know, there's a lot of options and there's a lot of, and each one of them, you got to think them out. There's a lot of different avenues to approach, you know, marketing online. Not every one of them is going to be the same for each brand. Even some brands that you would think on the surface are very similar, sometimes have very different target audiences, right? Absolutely. I work with, um, with a candle brand that has, um, that has multiple candle brands within it. So it is the same brand. They sell candles. One of them is a very uh, Kentucky, homey, apple pie, y'all type of brand. The other one, y'all type of brand. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> I think only someone from outside of US will 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 uh, will describe it like that. Yeah. And then the other brand also owned by that brand it's more like la yoga mm. you know like avocado toast like very <laughs> zen both candles both customer target audiences they like candles they want to elevate their homes but they have the different vibe to them right mm -hmm. so this sure. candle has different colors they have different smells they have different names right so we're looking at names that are more like apple crumble apple pie like mm. something that will remind you of the christmases you had as a child maybe yeah versus the other one the la brand is more of the vibe of who you want to be next summer what kind of you know um good thing for the environment what you want to do and you want to accomplish next summer so both candles same company, yeah. but just different brands. And like you said, it, on the surface, it may seem like they will have the same target audience, but not quite. Yeah, and probably both candles smell exactly the same, but yeah. But they're Some of them very similar. <laughs> yeah, extremely close, you know, but they are marketed, you know, depending on the audience and where you want to go. So you always have to keep that in mind, you know, and that that goes back to also looking at the competition and such and, and making sure they're actually more direct competitors. If you're looking at them and seeing kind of what's working and what's not for them, you know, because that's a great example of you, you know, there's two way different demographics that they're going for, even though on the mm -hmm. surface, the product looks the same, you know or smells the same yeah so um th this has been great sandra um how would people get a hold of you because you really know the e-commerce space um you know and have worked with apparently a wide variety of uh different types of products yeah so how do people find you yeah, so you can go to my website, snapadvantage.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn at Sandra Stefan. I'm very active on LinkedIn, and I look forward to connecting with anybody that wants to have a conversation about e-commerce and marketing. Okay, my name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. This has been another great episode. We've been talking about e-commerce marketing, different brands, email, you know, ways you can market your brand, platforms you should be, you know, on which way you know ways to evaluate those platforms before you even get started email marketing to tie it all together thank you for tuning in we'll see you on the next episode thank you so much <laughs>